You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello, my fellow traveler, and welcome to another episode of Travel Talk Weekly. This is show number 60, original air date, December 1st of 2020. We made it. Yay. (laughs) It's the last month of 2020. And we hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving last week, had lots of great food and some time with your family and your friends. Yes, we were very fortunate to do that. And how did you do on those Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales? Hopefully they included some travel deals. Yeah. You know, I don't get into the Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales for like just like little random gifts and stuff other than the ones in travel. There are still, though, a lot of promotions for trips in 2020, believe it or not, and 2021. So we're actually going to be holding a live virtual event in the month of December with some amazing specials. We got kind of a little sneak preview of those exclusively from Creating Magic Vacations. And so though, so if you've, you know, been thinking about one of those cool future expedition cruises, like to the Galapagos or just somewhere on a little smaller ship, but to some really cool places, you're definitely going to want to keep your ear out for an invite to that particular virtual event. Definitely. The the smaller cruise ships, in particular, the ones that hold maybe a couple hundred people, are going to come back a lot faster, in my opinion, than the big ships that hold, you know, three, four, and 5,000 people. Just by the sheer scale, it's, it'll just be easier for those smaller ships. So we're excited. We're not going to tell you who the cruise line is yet, but here's one thing to know. You're invited. And this is the first ever consumer travel event. It will be virtual, of course. This is the first one we've ever done specifically for our agents, our friends, and our clients. Yeah, especially in 2020. Um, Maybe we should have been doing a lot more of those. I don't know. We, you know, a lot of people put their travel on pause, but we are starting to see that, you know what, it's time to get that 2021 trip on the books. So make sure that you are following us on social media because we're going to be posting all the event details on there, what date it is, the time, and there will be limited space because keep in mind, we have a lot of Crazy Magic Vacations agents who will be inviting some of their clients to tune in as well. And there will be some fantastic deals specifically with this cruise line again. We'll tell you more. But before I get into that, I'm curious, how different were your Thanksgiving plans this year versus last year? And for us, I can tell you that like last year, we had planned to be on a cruise during this past week. And of course... Nobody was cruising. (laughs) No. Yeah, we were on a Southern Caribbean cruise with Windstar and with no cruising happening right now. And I don't think there's going to be until probably February or March. That's kind of my gut feel. But I have to admit, I missed traveling this week. I love traveling over Thanksgiving. But I think being in Cancun this week, which is where we're at right now while you're listening to this, I think that's going to make up for it a little bit, even though it is kind of a work trip. It is. It's definitely a work trip. But instead of celebrating on Thursday, like most people do, we celebrated on Friday with friends. Yeah, my best friend and college roommate was in town with her family. That is the same person. Your best friend and college roommate. That's one person. it is the same person. And we had a blast hanging out with her and her family, her and her two kids and her husband. And they had a little rental place on Clearwater Beach. So it 
was so perfect, though. And luckily, they had a kitchen. So we did continue a few traditions, though, that you and I do. I will say the traditions that we do either on Thanksgiving or right after Thanksgiving leading into Christmas if we're gone on Thanksgiving. Right. So we made my mom's stuffing recipe again, which is, it's the bomb. And you made your cranberry sauce, which is what you do every year. Yeah. And I tried a couple little new twists that I learned from a couple people. So yeah, it was great. And also over the weekend, we did make that other snack we enjoy this time of year. Something we also learned from your mom, the Neiman Marcus dip. It is. That is one of my favorites. If you've never had it, look it up. It's Neiman Marcus like the store. It's quite tasty. It's cheddar cheese, chopped bacon, green onion, mayonnaise, slivered almonds, and white wine. And it goes really good with those giant, like the big size, the larger size wheat thin crackers. Yeah, I think it's really fun, though, to have traditions around the holidays. And I think this year we appreciate them all a little bit more. But I really did enjoy spending time with our friends. You know, normally it's kind of just the two of us on a boat with a bunch of strangers. (laughs) So you know what? I have an idea, though. Next year, why don't we get all of them to go with us on a Thanksgiving cruise or go to another Thanksgiving destination? I think that's a great idea. If you don't have to, if you're not like required to be at some kind of a family event, the week of Thanksgiving is probably one of the best weeks of the year to travel. Yeah, because Christmas and New Year's is always like overpriced and Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people fly, but when you're going to vacation destinations, that's not the norm. So something to think about for next year. Exactly. On this week's show, we not only have a great topic, but one that is worthy of taking notes. Now, of course, not if you're driving and we will have a recap in the show description just in case you are driving and you aren't sure how to spell some of these destinations. Yeah, like me. Yeah, like you. (laughs) (laughs) And that topic is 10 of the world's most historic travel vacation spots. And I think this is a perfect follow-up to show number 58, where we talked about bucket list trips, or as we like to call them, dream trip vacations. I feel like we have to keep saying bucket list because that's what people recognize. It is. If, If you say dream trip, they're like, wait a minute, I'm not sure about that. So you most likely will have heard of most, if not all, of these destinations, and we really hope that this episode will inspire you to put at least one of them on your to-visit list for your over-the-top, once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Hopefully, you'll want to go to more. And there are a couple of these destinations that you can visit as part of a cruise vacation. There are. So if there's a couple, like you said, I really like this one, and it's part of your cruise stop, maybe you go for that day, and you get to see it. And it inspires you to book an entire vacation to that destination, maybe the next time you go. Yeah, that could happen. As we said at the start of this show, this is an awesome and inspiring topic, historic destinations around the world. And if you're a history buff, you're going to love this show. So these are places you should absolutely put on your must-do vacation list. We're talking ancient ruins, sacred sites, and world-famous landmarks. And some of these, I think, will sound oddly familiar because you will often see them as the subject of those travel or National Geographic or destination shows on TV. Net Geo, Smithsonian, Travel Channel, all of them. All of those. Absolutely. Here is a quick disclaimer, though. We're not going to go into a ton of detail about each of these locations. This is just to whet your appetite and inspire you to travel a little, perhaps outside your comfort zone, and hopefully make you want to learn more about at least one of these destinations. And of course, you can work with us on the details of a vacation there if you choose to go to any of these destinations. And regardless of if you work with us, with one of our agents or not, we highly, highly recommend you always have a guided tour in place and planned 
when visiting any of these places for the first time. There are so many different options, and it really is the best way to experience a historical destination. And I'll second that. If you're going to do any of these, you don't want to really go there for the first time on your own. You want to be either on a guided tour, and I think even better yet, go go with a tour group, a group of people that you're all traveling together, and the tour company arranges all the details. Because I would say probably every destination on this list could be very intimidating if you're just going to go try and DIY, do it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's jump right into it with number one on the list. And these are not ranked in any specific order, but we chose this one because we're actually there this week. So if you love the idea of both stunning beaches and Mayan ruins, put this one on the list. And we're talking about the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. So the place you fly into would be Cancun, like we just did the other day. Or you can go on a cruise. You can go on a cruise, that's true. Into Progreso. And you can visit the world-renowned ruins of Chichen Itza and Coba. And in nearby Merida, you can explore ceremonial grounds and pyramids. Now, we happen to be at Club Med Cancun this week, as we mentioned, and we can't wait to tell you all about it on next week's show. So we are going to be about two and a half hours away from Chichen Itza. And so that's, you know, it's kind of like a little day trip to go there, but that's where most of the popular ruins are going to be about that far if you're staying in that hotel row area in Cancun. Or if you are coming in by cruise ship and you're cruise port is Progresso, you're going to be about, it's probably about two hour drive there, which again, that makes this a perfect day trip to see this. And also because it's easy to get to Cancun or Progresso, this would be a great place to start on your list of historical places to visit. Now we do recommend you visit between December and April when it won't be the rainy or hurricane seasons. That can always put a damper on your day when you're visiting the ruins outside. Okay, number two on the list, and this one's super popular, and that is a place we were supposed to be in October, Athens, Greece. This is the best place to go if you are a fan of Greek mythology. As one of the world's oldest cities, you will find plenty to inspire you here. The Acropolis and the Parthenon are just a few places to explore. And don't forget to try one of the official Greek foods, the gyro. And we have a Greek area here at Tarpon Springs, where we live here in the Tampa Bay area, but when we went to Corfu, Greece, and had an authentic Greek gyro in Greece, it was off the charts good. You yeah, remember that? That was like one of your favorite things. It was. You've, you've I don't brought know why. that up many, many times. And you have I, like a new bar for uh, Greek gyros. That's yes, for I sure. do. <laughs> now, with Greece being a super, super popular destination, you may want to consider trying to book your trip here between March and May or September and November. Because if you hit those peak summer months, it can be super, super busy. And right now, we're still not sure what limitations will be in place at all these historical sites as they begin to reopen after the shutdown. Which also means, like a lot of the places on this list, these are really good destinations to plan about as far out as you can. So right now, if you want to go to Athens, I would say next fall would be good. You don't want to try to plan your Athens trip you know, in the spring of 2021. That's probably still going to be a little bit too early for U.S. travel to some of these international destinations. And Athens is also a popular cruise stop or an originating stop. So you could definitely go and experience this city as part of a cruise as well. Yeah, our plan back in October was Athens was going to be the starting city for our cruise. It was a seven-day cruise from Athens to Venice, Italy. And we were going to fly into Athens a few days early and go experience some of these incredible places. And yes, I'm still sad that we didn't get to go. (laughs) But moving on, up next at number three is Petra, Jordan. 
If you're an Indiana Jones fan, you'll recognize this as the final destination city from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This incredible city is carved into a canyon in Araba, Jordan, where it was discovered in 1812 by a Swiss explorer. And I will say, today, Petra is among the new seven wonders of the world. Yeah, I wonder who gets to rank those. I'm kind of curious about I think they should call us. I want to do this. I know, I do too. (laughs) Our personal connection there is my friend who is the GM at, at our car dealership. And I was visiting him recently. We just started talking about travel. And he said he was ready. He had just he had just come back from Jordan. He had gone there for his niece's wedding. And that's his home country. And he said, you know, I think I'm ready to move back. He did insist that if we were to go there, we do not do it unless we talk to him first. Apparently, he knows everybody there. Yeah, it's always good to know somebody with boots on the ground. Always good to know someone who has connections with the locals. Petra is a destination that I have seen on several of those TV documentaries. And I actually was really surprised because when you see everything on TV, you get one perspective. But I was surprised to see that you could book a hotel that is just 10 minutes or less away from the Petra Visitor Center. Because I was thinking this must be really hard to get to because somebody didn't like find it till 1812. It's got to be totally off the beaten path. And yeah, it was quite different. No, it's you're thinking it's hard to get to because your only reference was the Indiana Jones movie. No, that wasn't the only reference. Remember, I said several <laughs> TV documentaries and they seem to make it look like it's really hard to get there. Yes, I know Indiana Jones did have some difficulty. (laughs) Yeah, he did. The closest airport is about 65 miles away. And the best time to visit is going to be for the weather between December and February. Apparently, it gets quite hot in Petra. It's like, yeah, no kidding. It's the (laughs) Middle East. It gets really hot. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like surface of the sun hot. We get it. Yeah, we get that. Okay, number four on the list is a place that we actually know pretty well. We've been here a few times. I would say very well. And it is no surprise that it actually makes a top 10 list for sure. And that is Rome, Italy. We first visited there on our honeymoon in 2009. And since then, we've been back a couple times. One, we were filming for a cruise line called Star Clippers. And that was a cruise from Venice that ended in Rome. And another is when we were filming for our Italian tour partner, which is Ciao Italy Tours. And if we were to rank these places, Rome would be number one for sure. Because for that area of Europe, it is the best place to start from. It really is. It's definitely a number one for historical purposes because the Romans influenced so much of that part of the world. And when it does come to Rome, three to four days here is totally plenty. There's a lot more in Italy to see, but Rome specifically, three to four days is good. And it is full of historical sites. There are so many to see. There's the big ones. So you got the Colosseum, you got the Forum, you got the Pantheon, and then you have St. Peter's Basilica with the Sistine Chapel and the Vatican Museum. And then you hop on over to the Treve Fountain, Piazza Novono, Spanish Steps, and Borghese Gardens. If you can do all that stuff in three to four days. And you easily can with the tours they have yeah. through Chow Italy Tours. I can tell you, it it took me, I don't know why, but it took me multiple years for me to remember which one is in Rome and which one is in Athens. And you're talking about? The Pantheon. You have Pantheon in Rome, Parthenon in Athens. And here's how I did it. I I made up a little saying like, 
Who wears the pants in Rome? The Pantheon. That's how I, it sounds okay. silly, but that's that how I sound, did it. Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know, Caesar, he wore that little tunic. He didn't wear pants, but that's my little idiom. That I, That's how I okay. remember. Okay, you know what? Maybe that will help somebody out. <laughs> but all of those sites are going to be super easy to break down into three to four enjoyable days and still be able to have that awesome Italian cooking and just kind of romantic walks along the streets of Rome. And because there's so much history there, if this is on your list, Find some TV shows and documentaries to watch and really get to know some of the history behind the places that you plan to visit before you go. So we just gave you a list, and maybe there's a few that you don't want to see, or maybe you want to save for a future trip. Just find the information on the stuff you want, and then make sure you put that on your list of things to do while you're there. Again, we recommend if it's your first time to Italy, do it as part of a small group. Then use our pro tip and book with the right guides who are actual Romans, not the tour groups that hire some random college student who just reads a script that they have memorized. And that's one of the reasons that we use and recommend Chow Italy Tours. They work with real Romans who grew up in the area and are super passionate about history. That's what they studied in school. And they'll have a different person to go over and do a tour at the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel as they would of somebody who's going to be doing the Colosseum and the Forum because they have different specialties. And as far as crowds go, like Athens... March to May and September through November are great times to go so you do avoid the crowds. Also keep in mind that in August, about half of Italy, that's when they take their vacations. So a lot of stuff just shuts down in August and literally a lot of Italians take the entire month off. Yeah. And it gets pretty hot in July and August as well. Yeah. It's like, I would say it's very similar to Florida hot. It is. Very much so. Now it's time to head to the other side of the world and we're on our way to South America. This next destination is someplace we almost went to but our schedule didn't allow it at the time, and that is Machu Picchu, Peru. On yet another filming location, we were shooting an adventure cruise on the Amazon River, and we'd flown into Lima. And the excursion, or the option to go to Machu Picchu was something that most of the other 24 passengers on this very small river cruise vessel, it's where they were going to go after the cruise. We just did not have the time and looking back, it was probably because it was not in the production budget. Yeah, that's probably If it safe was in the budget, say. we would have went. <laughs> yeah, because you know, this company paid us to, to film for our show. And I probably should have pushed and said, hey, make sure we go to Machu Picchu. However, this was like five years ago, and I really didn't know much about it. <laughs> but it's funny because we were on the ship with a bunch of doctors from the Mayo Clinic up in Minnesota. And they were telling us about, it. oh, yeah, yeah, when, when we get back after this seven-day cruise, we're doing a four-day trip to Machu Picchu. I'm like, thanks for inviting us. <laughs> yeah, so Machu Picchu is all that remains of the lost Incan civilization in Peru before it was destroyed by the Spanish. This is another one of those super, super popular destinations you see on TV. Why? Because it is known as an engineering marvel because of how the Incas built these terraces, so to speak up and down a super tall mountain. Basically what they did is they built a big flat surface between two tall peaks in the mountains. If you do plan to go there, just know this up front, you will do a lot of walking and there are a lot of steps. This is not what I would call a handicap accessible place to go. I mean, you can walk up to the ruins and that's kind of a fun option. I mean, it's like 2000 vertical, I think. And they do have some train tickets. If you do want to go another option where you're not doing as much walking, that is an option. Although you're going to pay for that train ticket. It's not cheap to get up there. And in fact, a lot of people, they'll take the train up, but they will walk back down. They also have a great hidden museum that many people don't go to. So lots of hidden gems to see here, not to mention breathtaking views. We recommend if you plan a trip to Machu Picchu that you look at going in late March to May 
or September to early November. They have a rainy season where it will rain a lot. And so you want to avoid that primarily from a weather perspective. I would totally agree. Up next, if you ever wanted to visit the Great Wall of China, which I think is pretty much on everybody's ultimate travel list, odds are you'd be going there via our next city, and that is Beijing, China. It also happens to be the location of the Forbidden City, the Temple of Heaven, and the Summer Palace. All of those are very popular historical sites that you can see in addition to walking along the Great Wall. And I've had a few of my friends do that. My friend Dave lives over in Singapore, and so he, you know, he does all the really cool Asian stuff, and he said it was amazing. Now, this is one of those super iconic and historical places that I think most everybody has a visual of what it is. But because of the size, it's actually over 600 kilometers long, or about 3,728 miles. So you're not going to likely visit the entire wall. I don't know of very many vacations that where you go over the whole wall. So if you were thinking you would do that, I would kind of rethink that. It's really big. There are different sections you can visit based on what you really want to see. A couple examples would be the best restored area, the most beautiful, the widest, and also the least crowded. Now, the most popular is the section that is fully restored. This would be a full one-day tour, including some of Beijing at the Forbidden City. Yeah, that would be a great tour to do if you just want to say, I've been on the Great Wall of China and I've seen it because there are sections where it's not really that restored and those are going to probably be a little harder to get to. If you are going to go there, the best time is going to be in spring, which would be April to May or autumn, September to November. These are going to be not the least crowded times. This is 100% for weather and it is going to be hot And so you want to just be prepared for that. And there will be a lot of people there. So the prices are going to be a little higher. But um, personally, I wouldn't want to go in the winter because the Great Wall actually could get a little ice and snow on it. And of course, this being China, we, we, we just went through this whole pandemic. We have no idea what it's going to be like, what kind of restrictions and things will be put in place to even travel to China. We just don't know yet. Yeah, we do know that the Great Wall of China has opened up for visitors, but I think it may just be for like the local people. And if you do all their protocols to get into the country, but they do have certain things that they're doing if you do visit. Lots of things to know for all these destinations before you finalize and book that trip. Still staying in the general area, I'd say. This would be Southeast Asia. Angkor Wat in Cambodia. It's a stunning example of Khmer architecture that dates back to the early 12th century, and it was the center of the Khmer Empire that once ruled most of Southeast Asia. They were known for building amazing temples and buildings that sadly, when their civilization went extinct, the jungle reclaimed all of these amazing temples, which kind of makes it have a really cool look. It's like they were overtaken by the jungle. It's amazing how jungles do that. <laughs> there are a few other sites in the area, and most will start with the temple itself. Yeah, this was one that I said when you were going over the list of the, the ones that you had on the 10. I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, yes, you do. You've seen this. And I was like, I really, I have no idea. But then when you showed me a photo, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that on National Geographic before. And I was like, Duh. Probably on a bunch of movies, too. Yeah, I just didn't connect the name. Because it's located in Cambodia, you will want to avoid the rainy season. So try late November to early April. 
And we do highly recommend a guide here. Absolutely for this yeah. one. This, this one should be mandatory. You're not just going to go there by yourself. Well, you know, the funny thing is there are a lot of self-travel guides available for this destination because it is very popular with the young kids to go and backpack through Southeast Asia. And this is one of those stops. And so a lot of them have said, hey, here's my pro tip. But they're talking about staying in hostels and doing stuff like really, really um, on the cheap, which, hey, if that's your style go for it. That's great. Just do your research. But just keep in mind that everyone will need a permit to enter the Angkor temples. And those usually require either a one, a three or a seven day pass. And for me, I'm like, ah, that's a lot to start coordinating if I want to have a nice leisurely trip and a little luxury. So get a guide and better yet, work with a travel advisor who can package all of this for you. Now we're going back to Europe. And another historic city that is definitely on our radar is Budapest, Hungary. It's a very popular destination for European river cruises. Here you'll find many examples of Roman architecture as well as medieval sites, because this was once part of the Roman Empire. In fact, it's one of the most photogenic cities in Europe with the most notable landmark being the Riverside Parliament Building along the Danube River. Yeah, I think we've all seen that. It's magnificent, and you usually see it in the evening because it's all like lit it's up. It's all lit it up. It's really, really pretty. Here, a three- to four-day trip would give you enough time to thoroughly enjoy the historical sites. This is also either a starting point or an ending point for European river cruises on the Danube River. And did you know that the Danube actually splits Budapest into two, with Buda on one side and Pest being the other? It's not Budapest. It's Pest, like P-E-S-H-T, Pest. Ooh, nice little trivia there. I know, it's pretty <laughs> cool. And as you can probably tell by now, anything in Europe, they all have similar best times to go because of both weather and crowds. So if you want to go with lower crowds and better weather, Again, look at that March to May or September to November dates. And I will also say that the pricing for any of these destinations is also better during those times in Europe. This is also very popular if you want to do a Christmas markets cruise, because it's not just the German Christmas markets. All of that region in Europe, in a lot of these towns will have Christmas markets set up. So December would also be good. Next up is number nine, and that is Agra, India. This city is best known for one of the other seven wonders of the world. We have two of those on this list, although, again, I go back to who makes that list, and that is the Taj Mahal. In addition to that, there is the Agra Fort, which is another beautiful building, plus really cool wildlife, including tigers and other architectural marvels. And if you aren't familiar with this area, but you love architecture, this is the destination that would be perfect for you. Again, familiarize yourself with the history of Taj Mahal and the architecture in this region of India before you go. It's going to make for a much better experience overall. The best time to plan a visit here is from November through February. The weather will be cooler, but you will expect to pay a little bit higher tourist price. It will be worth it, though, to avoid the rain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this one absolutely is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. I love seeing how different the architecture is for this reason. And it would be fun to learn a little bit more about why. And last but not least, a very historical destination and also another city featured in an Indiana Jones movie, not to mention hundreds of other films, and that is Cairo, Egypt. This is the place you want to go to visit, of course, the famous Pyramids of Giza and the Great Sphinx. Tourism here was put on hold for a while due to some security issues, understandable, um, but it has come back. 
And we were excited to see this return to the Adventures by Disney trip list. It includes five days in Cairo, plus other parts of Egypt. And of course, they will do it first class. Yeah, this one's pretty obvious what you're going to go and visit and see in this area. The The, pyramids. And the Sphinx. And maybe you'll ride on the back of a camel. I would totally do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So if this is on your list and you love the history, especially if you're into Egyptian history, this is a must do. Plan your trip here between October and April for the best temperatures. You'll be visiting not only the pyramids, but you also want to have a great experience visiting those busy streets of Cairo. Which we have actually visited several times. Well, actually a bunch of times. Um, It just happened to be the ones at the Indiana Jones stunt show at Hollywood Studios. That's quite different. Those are some busy, busy (laughs) Cairo streets there at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. At least when they were running the show. Yeah. Egypt is a fun one. And again, this is another one that depending upon your cruise, this could be a cruise stop. Although I don't know what cruise lines have integrated this back because again, they've just started adding this back into travel. So if you're keeping score at home, how many of these destinations have you been to? If you're one of our friends that have been to all 10, please reach out and we'd love to get your feedback because a lot of these, you know, the places on this list that we have not been to are definitely on our list of must-do destinations. Yeah, I think our our dream trip list, I mean, I know we shared our top ones, and it's going to continue to evolve as we check things off. And we hope you do the same as well. You know, I was even thinking that for a couple of these trips, like if you're going to go all the way to China to experience, you know, the Forbidden Palace and the Great Wall of China, while you're there, go down and do Angkor Wat and Cambodia at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, again, If you're going to go on a vacation for 10 days, especially if you do an international trip on the low end, you do 10 to 12 days, why not group some of those together? The same thing works for even going over to Europe. You could do Rome and you could head over to Athens. So, Which is what we almost were going to do (laughs) two months ago. We were so close, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this and got a little inspiration, especially for you history buffs looking for a way to see all those great places that you have studied in the past. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in next week to episode number 61, where we do an in-depth review of Club Med Cancun, which, as we mentioned in this episode, is the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. We're very excited to experience this part of Mexico we've never been to, and just as importantly, be able to report back to you. And you can see some of our live things and our Insta stories throughout the week. So be yeah, sure ma- you're following us on Travel Talk Weekly so you can enjoy some of the kind of a sneak preview of what we'll talk about next week. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you're following us. Again, Instagram, Travel Talk Weekly. We're going to be doing not only some posts and some stories, but something that Instagram really loves for us to do. And those are the Instagram Reels, short little videos that they design to compete with TikTok. And next week, we also have our number one tip, if you have a couple trips a year, how you can save significantly on travel insurance. And this particular tip is something that we do personally ourselves. Remember this, my friend, the world is a book and those who don't travel only read a page. And we hope you never stop exploring, especially to the historical places in the world.